Welcome. I'm the baseball lifer, Don Wardlow here. Take a seat. The coffee's on. And I'll talk to you about the game I love, the game I've spent my life being a fan of and being a broadcaster of. And the topic for today is the 1978 Yankees. 1978. When you think about it, you could get eggs for 79 cents a dozen. White bread was a dollar thirty-six a loaf. In nineteen seventy-eight, bacon was a dollar seventy-nine a pound. Round steak was only twenty cents more at one ninety-nine a pound. And for ten pounds of potatoes, you'd pay a dollar forty-nine. Your milk by the half a gallon, I might add, was eighty-six cents in nineteen seventy-eight, the year we're talking about. And for beer, if you knew somewhere that sold it in a pint, it was 39 cents for a pint of beer. Your Big Mac was a dollar, and your large pizza was $7. Those prices sound good to us now, but it was as difficult to find the money then as it is now in some ways. Now, I turned 15 years old just before the Yankees opened up their baseball season. They opened up on April 8th. As you probably know, they open the season a lot earlier nowadays. But they opened up on April 8th in Texas. And as I say, I had turned 15. And I was still a little bit young for dating. So that would be another year away but I certainly knew what movies were around. Uh, Grease was a big one that year, and so was Superman. A year later, when I was able to take a girl on a date, the two of the movies I took girls to were Superman 2 and Rocky 2. I had not discovered college basketball yet. Of course, I had my music. But in the 70s, that was a bad time for pop music. That's when all the disco records were happening. The Saturday Night Fever got a Grammy. And uh, their song, Staying Alive, from that movie was number one for the year. Van Halen began to be recognized in 1978 and very definitely on the positive side so did Warren Zevon. His song, his biggest hit, Werewolves of London, was on the charts in April and May of 1978 as the baseball season was just beginning to hit its stride. Another song that won a Grammy that year was The Eagles Hotel California. And Stephen King wrote the best book he ever wrote for my money. And it was called The Stand. Now, he, he was not allowed to publish the entirety of his masterpiece. That had to wait 12 years to happen. And so in 1978, the world got a smaller version of The Stand. 
And the world also got the book called The World According to Garp, written by John Irving. And that turned out to be a movie with Robin Williams. Turning to the main topic here, which is baseball. The season did finally get going in Texas. And Yankees had Billy Martin managing them to start with. They were 10 games over 500. They were 52 and 42 when Billy was fired. And they were 0-1 under interim manager Dick Hauser. And then Bob Lemon became their manager, and they slammed it into a higher gear. They went 48-20 and 20 once Bob Lemon took control. All that season, I was finally able to listen to the Yankees on a decent radio station. They had been on WMCA, which if you don't live in the New York area, that station both then and now had a terrible signal. Now it's, if you can imagine, a Russian language format radio station, WMCA. So the Yankees moved over to 1010 WINS, which had once been a famous top 40 station in New York. And by 78, they were doing all news all the time. They, they had a slogan, you give us 22 minutes, and we'll give you the world. And they would have the sound of the teletype machines in the background under the voices of their readers. And that was the radio station that had the Yankees. They had the same announcers they had had since 1971. Phil Rizzuto, Bill White, and Frank Messer. A terrific team, if ever I knew one. And in mid-May, they brought Fran Healy on board as a broadcaster. Fran had been sometimes a catcher, very occasionally. And there was rumors that the real reason they had him was because he could get along with Reggie Jackson during the 1977 season, which was very crazy. Uh, that was the season they made the movie and the book The Bronx is Burning out of. That was an incredible season. The Yankees won that World Series. That's a story for another day. One thing the Yankees did before the 78 season got underway, they got hold of Rich Goose Gossage as a free agent. And in a trade from the White Sox, they were able to get Jim Spencer, uh, backup first baseman to Chris Chambliss, who was the main first baseman they had. The ace, undisputed, from the Yankee staff was Ron Guidry. Guidry was a smallish left-hander. After a while, once he established himself, he gained not one nickname, but two. He became Louisiana Lightning, and he became the Gator, Ron Guidry. He won his first dozen decisions, and that tied a record with Atlee Donald, who'd been the scout who brought Guidry into baseball in the first place. And then he won his next decision. So he went 
one better than his old scout. So Guidry was 13-0 and before a team beat him. Talk about a guy who could end a losing streak. That was Ron Guidry. He won 25 games that year. Only lost three. No Yankee has won 25 games since then. With his record, he made 35 starts, pitched 273 and two-third innings, struck out 248 men, put up a 1.74 ERA, earned run average, and threw nine shutouts. With the numbers I've told you, Guidry won the Cy Young all the way. No contest. And the Yankees had the relief man of the year that year also in Rich Gossage. The Goose had 27 saves. So I've told you the good things the Yankees had going for them. But they got off to a bad, I won't say a bad start. That's kind of unfair. But the Boston Red Sox got off to an insane start. In May, the Red Sox were 23 and 7. In June, they were 18 and 7. They stumbled a little bit in July with a 13 and 15 record, but the Yankees didn't begin their rally until August. By the end of August, the Yankees were within six and a half because they had been 14 games behind. And then Boston had a September they'd like to forget. They won 14 and lost 15. The only way Boston got into a playoff with the Yankees was by winning their last eight consecutive games in the month of September. And before that had happened, when the Yankees were still four games behind, and it, it looked like Boston would hold on. The Yankees went into Boston to Fenway Park on September 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, a four-day weekend. The game on the 7th wasn't even on the schedule. That was a makeup game because they had been rained out on the 4th of July. Those four games came to be known as the Boston Massacre. The Yankees won 15-3 to in the first game, with Ken Clay, the winning pitcher, taking over from Catfish Hunter. Catfish, he had arm trouble all season long, and that game he was ahead 12-0, but he couldn't last the five innings that are required to get credit for a win. So Ken Clay got that win, 15-3. On Friday night, the Yankees won 13-2. Jim Beatty got the victory in that one. He struggled most of the year, but he was nails in September and October. And then the third day of the massacre, Ron Guidry was in on the mound and you knew the Yankees were going to win that one the way he was going and the way Boston was going by then. And they scored all seven of their runs 
in the fourth inning, and Gidry didn't give up any. That was a 7 nothing shutout. And the final game in the massacre was a 7-4 to Yankee win. So you put those four games together, and you have the Yankees outscoring Boston that weekend at Fenway, 42-9. to The next weekend, Boston came into New York, and the Yankees took two out of three there. They took the first two, as a matter of fact, and Boston won the last one, and then the two teams duked it out through the end of the season to get into the one-game playoff. To understand the meaning of the one-game playoff, this is when there were 14 teams in baseball in the American League, and there were 12 in the National League. So there were no wild cards, as we have so many of them today. There were two winners, one in the East and one in the West. It was the Yankees or the Red Sox in the East, and it was the Kansas City Royals in the West. So that brought us up to that one-game playoff on October 2nd at Fenway. I remember this one. Very, very well. It was a wonderful day out, which was a big help. I was able to be outside. We still had a swing in my yard, so I was on the swing, and I had the radio next to me there, and I was listening to the Yankee broadcast. And the Red Sox put one up in the bottom of the second. Carl Yastrzemski hit a home run. They scored another run in the fifth inning, so it's 2 nothing. and Ron Guidry was really gutting it out, really grinding in that ball game. And the Yankees were facing Mike Torres, who had been a Yankee just a year before. When you got to the seventh inning, the Yankees got a couple of men on base, And Jim Spencer came up as a pinch hitter. And Torres got him out. And so there were two out, two on. And Bucky Dent, the shortstop, coming to home plate. The last guy in a million years you would think could possibly be a game breaker. Well, this was his moment. This would later be called his Sports Center moment once ESPN came into being. Bucky Dent hit a three-run home run into the screen at Fenway. And that's a left field shot. Now they have monster seats above the fence in left field at Fenway. This was before those seats existed. The Yankees were ahead three to two then. They put up another run, and then Reggie hit a home run in the eighth. And it's a good thing he did, because Boston got a couple in the bottom of the eighth. And it was a very near thing in the ninth inning. There was a ball which Lupinella, everybody thought he didn't see it. And he ultimately did. He ultimately was able to play it. And that 
saved the game in the ninth inning, and the Yankees took the win five to four. And when you think about it, and you take a long view, Boston away from Fenway were 40 up and 41 down. So it was that close for the Yankees. If Boston wins a couple more away games, we're talking about the Red Sox playing in the playoffs against the Royals, but not the Yankees. But this was the Yankees' year in 1978. Yankees were, of course, devastating at home, and they won 45, losing 37 away from the Bronx. So winning the winning the playoff game. By the way, before we go on to the American League Championship Series, I've kind of fallen into the trap of thinking that the Yankees and the Boston Red Sox were the only two contenders that year. Uh, the Yankees won 100 games, Boston won 99. But, you know, Milwaukee, the Brewers won 93, and Baltimore won 90, and Detroit won 86. There were five very respectable teams that year in the Eastern Division. I've talked quite a bit about Ron Guidry and how great his pitching was winning 25 games. Right before the end of the season, Ed Figueroa, who the Yankees had gotten from the Angels, won his 20th game. And this surprises me a lot. He is the only major league pitcher, even now, even to this day, from Puerto Rico to have won 20 games in a season. That astonishes me, considering the players who come from there but he was the one. He won 20 games for the 78 Yankees. So having won the one-game playoff against Boston, it was on to the league championships series for the Yankees. The first two games were in Kansas City. The Yankees took the first one, 7-1. to one. Jim Beattie got the win there. And then the Yankees lost 10 to 4. The third game, this is the one out of this series against Kansas City that I remember very well. George Britt hit three solo home runs in that ball game. And then the Yankees got a 4 3 lead. And at the top of the eighth, Kansas City got a couple of runs to make it 5 to 4. And in the last half of the eighth inning, with a man on, Thurman Munson came up to home plate and absolutely crushed one. Left center field, even with the new configuration, left center was a deep shot in 1978. It was 399 feet. It had been 457 before Yankee Stadium was remodeled. Even at 399, that was one terrific clout. And Munson hit it, the most famous home run of his career. And that was a ball game the Yankees won. 
put them ahead two games to one in the playoff series. And the next day in game four, also in the Bronx, Ron Guidry won that ball game for the Yankees two to one. And that took us all to the World Series. By now, I had been done with junior high school and I'd gone on to high school. Our district was a little bit late to the parade when it came to the term middle school and starting high school in ninth grade. Our district changed things around a couple of years after I had graduated. But high school for me began in September of 1978. At that time, if you wanted to watch, Garfield was a new show on the TV. Laverne and Shirley was another one. So was Mork and Mindy with Robin Williams. And Three's Company was a big show that year. If you were old enough to drive, which I wasn't by a couple of years, a couple of the cars that sold the best were the Chevy Impala, which was still selling and being rented when I worked for Alamo Rent-A-Car in the 2000s. And the Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme was a big seller in 78. And then there was the Ford Fairmont. Now, I cannot remember a Ford Fairmont. I would have told you if you asked me that there never was such a car as the Ford Fairmont. If you remember that, if you knew anybody who had a Ford Fairmont, or if you had a Ford Fairmont, why don't you send me a note at baseballlifer74 at gmail.com. I'll give you a shout out if you either had a Ford Fairmont car or knew somebody who had a Ford Fairmont car. That's baseballlifer74 at gmail.com. And the year we're talking about, 1978, in a minute I'll talk to you about the World Series. Jimmy Carter did one of the few things of distinction in his term as presidency. He signed a bill making it legal to make your own beer. Now, it's interesting to note that people had been making their own beer, but they'd had to do it on the quiet. But Jimmy Carter signed a bill to make it legal. And by World Series time, if you can believe it, the number one song on the chart was called Boogie Oogie Oogie. Now, that's just how horrible is that? Now, further down was better stuff. There was Three Times a Lady by the Commodores. There was Hot-Blooded by Foreigner. And this one I really liked, uh, Hopelessly Devoted to You by Olivia Newton-John. And the song on everybody's radio when I was at camp was Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf. And especially that song was played over and over and over again if one of the campers or one of the counselors had the record or the cassette tape of that song. So that's your September and October music as the, we got ready for the World Series in 1978. 
the Yankees lost the first two games of that World Series. Ed Figueroa took a beating 11-5. to Tommy John got the win that time around. Game two, and these two were in New York. Um, L.A. won the second game, four games to three. And the famous moment in that one is rookie pitcher Bob Welch striking out Reggie Jackson. Reggie would get his revenge on Welch later on in the series. But for the Dodgers, that was the high point of the World Series. Ron Guidry took over in Game 3 and beat the Dodgers 5-1. to one. Don Sutton was the starting pitcher and losing pitcher. Roy White hit the one Yankee home run in that game. And that in particular, Game 3, that was the Greg Nettles doing his impression of Brooks Robinson's show. Brooks had made a number of tremendous defensive plays at third base for the Orioles in 1970 in that World Series. And Greg Nettles was the Yankees' third baseman in 78. And time after time after time in Game 3, there were five terrific plays that he made that down the years people still talk about and say he could have saved as much as four runs by making those plays. So that put the Yanks up two games to one. The fourth game was the one game that went extra innings. It went 10. The Yankees won it 4-3 to three in the 10th inning. And the game-winning hit going to Sweet Lou Pinella. The next game, game five, was a Sunday. And they still played Sunday afternoon games in the World Series then. I remember listening to this one as I was getting ready to go to Explorers Club which was a youth group that our church put together. The Yankees won that one 12-2. to two. Jim Beatty took the win. And the oddity about that game, there were 18 Yankee hits and 16 of them were singles. I mean, their nickname has always been the Bronx Bombers, but they sure weren't doing any bombing that day. They got 16 singles out of their 18 hits. And the last game in the World Series, Game 6, the Yankees won that one 7-2. Jim Catfish Hunter took the win over Don Sutton. And it was a good way for Catfish Hunter to bow out. It was his last playoff season. He would go through another painful season in 1979. He'd had arm trouble in 78, and that would continue in 79 and he would call it a career at the end of that year no one could imagine that Thurman Munson would never get another chance at postseason play but on August 2nd 1979 Thurman Munson was killed trying to land his airplane in his hometown of Canton Ohio which later the Cleveland Indians would name their double-A baseball park in Canton, Thurman Munson Memorial Stadium. But the Yankees got to the playoffs the two years after Munson was killed. They got there in 1980 and 81, but neither time did they win the series. I'm glad you came by to listen to me 
go on about the 1978 Yankees and the year that 1978 was in other ways besides baseball. Come back and we'll do it again sometime.